1: land see the people quickly passing by, well this is for their own desire, as they look on down to the earth to feel the power raging in their veins. Oh.
0: the last track on the first little album that Greta Van Fleet released that had eight titles on it. They are about to put out the second one. They've released three or four singles off the new one and they are blowing up. If you haven't listened to Greta Van Fleet, check them out. So there's a music plug for the show.
2: And here we go. I got allowed to go hunting at this one particular spot where this guy, like, a lot of... Deer had been killed here, and he was like, look, all you gotta do is walk out here to this fence line. You don't even have to sit in a stand or nothing. Just walk out to the fence line. There's gonna be a deer, and then you, there you go. That's it. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Well, this guy's dad, uh, and, and now this guy's a much older, he's an older fella, he's about, uh, you know, his 40s. So His dad's a lot older. Um, I did a little work for him on the side. Well, he'd been riding his tractor so Through there, doing you know, doing work with cows and stuff. Right. And he kept talking about this massive buck. Just, I shot at it with my pistol. He's got a little four ten judge. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I got up early, went out there. It was freezing cold, freezing. And I go out there. Well, I'm walking towards the shooting house, and on the shooting the shooting house is up on this big old hill, mm-hmm. huge hill. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's so so tall, and it's so it's such a large hill that. Uh the sun, the sun is coming up on the other side, so, like, you can't see the sun. But this shooting yeah. house, it ain't nothing but legs and no shooting house. Like, the shooting house has done blown off or something. Yeah. So, I see a tripod down in the woods, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to this tripod. Yeah. So, I cross this creek, and I'm walking towards the tripod, and then about, I'd say, a little over, not quite 100 yards, but, like, right there, probably about 80 yards or so, I see this doe coming my way, but she's she's kinda in a she's kind of got herself in a little bit of a haste. She's you know, like something something's behind her. Now I'm be honest with you, I don't know if it was the rut or what, but you could tell that something was behind her because she kept looking back. She looked back. Alright, okay. well she she run and I said Whoosh. she looked at me. Well when she did, she looked my way for maybe a split second. Okay. No, she's locked on to me, but she's only locked on to me for about a second, and it, and she looks my way, and then right back behind me. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, there's something, there's something behind her, Dude, I'm not kidding you. It was like, like a moment out of Bambi. Like, <laughs> it was just a triumphant moment. Like, it was like, God was like, this is your time, my son. I looked up at that hill, which is the direction this doe is looking. And just as the sun is cresting over the top of this hill, you just see this massive set of horns just shining down. It's like the shadow of the horns is reaching out across. Here them. I am. Yeah, it's like. Take um, me. It's the master of the woods. There he <laughs> is. And I, dude, at this point, I am shocked because from that far away, it looked as big as a freaking elk. But I've never shot a doe bigger than like a four point at this point. Right. I, mean, I made a bug, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. But I mean, that's how, look, I mean, I'm still good about right. it because yes. it was, he starts charging towards this doe where there's this stump. So I run to the stump as quickly as possible and I get down, I get behind it, put the gun on the stump, and I'm just sitting there like watching. He runs down, he starts charging toward this doe where she starts to run off. And right before he got to the field, I did it again mm-hmm. and he stopped. Yeah. And as soon as he look stopped, at, I just, Look at me. As Soon as he stopped, boom, dude, right there, dropped him. I started. Where'd you hit him? Oh, right in the. Right in the spot. Yeah, right in the spot, dude. I am, you know, I'm good on a old 30 out six. Yeah, you on the spot. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, bam, and he just fell over. Dude, I lost him. I still. Woo! Dude, I ran... Oh, heart. I don't even... I'm pretty sure I left it where I was standing there and and my heart, you know, and I run across this creek. I fall in the creek. Can't get up the other side of the creek, but I (laughs) scramble up there. Yeah. Get on that deer, and dude, I start sending Snapchats, and I'm like calling people like, look at this. Look at this. God has looked down on me on this day. So (laughs) I have to call this guy, and I'm like, hey, uh... Did you hear me shoot? No. And granted, it's pretty good ways away from the house, right. but still. Well, I got one. What'd you get? You just need to I just need you come down. So he comes <laughs> down there on the on the gator, and he's like, oh, man. Daddy's going to be so mad at you I was like, oh, "I'm sorry." He goes, "Well, you can't never go hunting here no more. You just killed the biggest buck on the property." I was like, <laughs> "I don't care. <laughs> like, this is a one in a
0: lifetime opportunity right here." Yeah. It was my... yeah. I think this. There was a. Uh, I used to be a big fisherman, and I, I don't I don't fish so much now. But there was this one pond I had permission to go to, and I took my brother out there with me. And it was early morning, and we had been fishing on the side for a while. And I thought it was a stump. No, brother, it was bass. Hmm. So, we had spent the next 30, 45 minutes just trying to get this fish, because it wouldn't, it would just, it would move like side to side, but. What were you using? Different lures. I started out with a worm and then like it, it, it wasn't hitting on anything top water. So I was just trying everything I had in my tackle box. Just kind of, I really just wanted to put the lure right in its mouth because I could see it. It was like five feet from the bank and it was, you know, underwater. Obviously everything is like, you can't get the real image of it. It's, uh, I don't know what you call it. It's reflective or mm-hmm. refractive or whatever that is. And here come the owner of the pond out. And he said, oh, I see you done found my grandson's fish. <laughs> Excuse me? That fish you're fishing for right now, that's the biggest fish in the pond. Is it going to be an issue if I try to catch it? Huge issue.
2: Mm. Okay. I don't see no all right. name on it.
0: <laughs> exactly. And I was like, well, you know, all I want is to catch it. Mm-hmm. Take a picture, weigh it, put it back. And that yeah. way I'll just go get it mounted. Yeah. And I, you measure it. and uh that'll be the end of it i don't care anything about keeping the fish or eating the fish your grandson can catch it and when he catches it it'll be bigger than when i caught it but Mm -hmm. i was arms up in the air no mm -mm. you get away from that spot so i kind of understand what you're talking about this is the family you know this is something that the family is going to take down so, I get the gist. So, how did that go when the guy get, got out there, too, when Dad got out there? Oh, uh, He
2: was that? just giving me a hard time, more okay. or less. But, okay. but yeah, it was... it was. I, I'll be honest, it ruined me.
0: Because oh, yeah, deer hunting is the same. Like,
2: I'm just like, you know what? I don't even care about hunting anymore. What's next? I'm going to go hunt a lion. You know? Yeah. Send me a bear. I'm <laughs> beyond the deer. Yeah. <laughs> I have graduated. Yes. <laughs>
0: Well, right. hey, welcome to Porch Talk. This is Alan, and I'm here with Co again tonight. And tonight we have got expectations for the show in the future towards the very end. I wanted to go ahead and highlight that, but first thing on the agenda for this evening, I want to talk to you a little bit more about military, and and just out of my own support for it, And, and for law enforcement in general, I know you're in that too, but... With everything that you have going on right now, with some of the guns and some of the equipment that you have, would be would these be things that you could legally own as just a regular old system, United States system?
2: Well, my issued weapon that I have now is fully automatic. So, no, I mean, you have to have like, I mean, that's a, that's a class three weapon there's going to be a weapon nut that's listening to this podcast, and he's going to have a lot more information than I. Am. But I'm I'm not Joe Schmo off the block. Can't just go to your local gun store and buy. A full no, you're money. not going to to gun. Yeah, you ain't going to find guns. one in there anyways. Yeah. I mean, any, if you go if you go to Gary's right now, you may see something that looks like an AK-47. You may see something that looks like an MP5. You may see something that looks like a Uzi or 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 you know uh, something like that. But it's all semi-automatic. It's just as quick as you can pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you know, they have the electronic triggers. They've got the, you know, they've got all this stuff, the bump stocks. That's, you know, that's a huge thing to make a weapon automatic. But mine is standard issued, Colt made, pure American made, mm-hmm. fully automatic firearm. And that, that is not. Um, however, you can get that same variant in a, in a semi model semi-automatic model mm-hmm. um a lot of the gear that i carry nowadays it just seemed like as the past couple years i don't know if anybody's like actually taken notice of this but tactical stuff gear special ops guys that has really like been on the rise lately like a lot more people are getting into that it
0: really has and i think a lot of that has to do with and I'm not trying to go political, but this is just kind of what happened with, you know, Obama when he was in office, especially last four terms. There was this big talk about taking guns off market, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people freaked out. Yeah, and so they started really hoarding. And on top of that, and I'm not making any kind of fun. You're into what you're into, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. There are a lot of inner world preppers
2: oh there's tons oh my
0: and and i know a lot of these guys and i i have seen their setups like i've been you know underground and they have the you know the 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 canned vegetables and the fruit and they have the freezer stocked full of meat and then you walk into another room and it's just nothing but ammunition and on the other side of the room, it's nothing but guns for those ammunition, hmm. and so I mean they're completely prepped for these types of things, and it's this is not a small crowd. Yeah, and you have your gun enthusiasts, and you have your hunters, and there are a lot of they just love guns, mm-hmm. and by all means, I'm for it,
2: as long as you're not going out and just yeah being the next active shooter. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah I'm, not, yeah I'm not for that speaking of which I mean uh, it was a couple of weeks ago now it was in Jacksonville Florida guy shot up a Madden yeah. tournament
2: yeah saw that
0: but anyway I don't know what we're getting into is I mean just, just seeing some of the some of the things that you were able to show me with some of the gear that you use and I have a lot of friends down in the Mobile area and just law enforcement and military, -military. ex-military. If we could talk a little bit more about that because I know you were in the Marines. Mm -hmm. So, we got out of high school and you immediately went to the Marines, right?
2: Yeah, I actually initially joined when I was 17. I had to have my parents' consent. So, because I was 17, I wasn't 18, so I'm not actually legal to make my own decisions, pretty much. Right. I had to get parents' consent. So, 17, I was already sworn in to the Marine Corps. Like, I'd already signed a contract at mm-hmm. this point. And you are a senior in high school. Yeah, exactly. So, you already knew. Mm-hmm. I mean, it got to the point to where I wasn't doing so hot in high school. And I literally, like, my grades were getting real bad. And I got to the point to where I walked up to my teachers, and I told them, I was like, look, I'm not trying to go to Harvard. I'm not even trying to go to EMCC. I'm not going to college. I've already signed my check. I'm join- I'm going to Paris Island on this date. Mm-hmm. Join the Marine Corps. Pass me. I don't care if it's the lowest passing grade. But pass me. Sixty six. I don't care what you give me. I need to graduate. That's the only thing I need to do. They didn't say I had to graduate with honors. I don't gotta be the top of the class. I just gotta graduate. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I wasn't a complete idiot in high school, but you know, I was joking around, partying, having a good time, you know, stuff <laughs> right. like that. So, yeah, I graduate, so that was May, June, July, August, August 16th, 2010, I got on a bus at the recruiting station in Columbus, Mississippi, and drove and landed in Paris Island, South Carolina, on the Yellow Footprints, and that is when, for the lack of a better word, that is when all hell broke loose. Right, and I've,
0: non-military, but I've heard stories about Paris Island.
2: Oh, so I immediately was like, I think I just changed my mind. Not not yeah. exactly the place you want to go. This is not where I wanted to be. But, but I that is that is where I needed to be. I mean uh, I quickly adapted to everything. Once the train started to go, I quickly adapted to that. Uh I got smoked a few times, not going long, got in some trouble. I wasn't a turd, and I neither was stellar. I just kind of stayed in my own lane. Right. Um, so, once I did that, I uh, went to Camp Geiger, North Carolina, which is the School of Infantry. Went there, became an 0311, which is a rifleman. After I left there, I went to my first duty station, which is Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And that was hell, round two, because I don't know anything about Lejeune. Uh, look, I'm going to tell you because some of my old school seniors lists have have asked me about this podcast, and they're going to be listening. And, and And praise to them because those days are are done. So, like the guys coming in in Corps now, they're never going to know. They're not going to know what it's like. So, were you one of the last like people to come into this hell? Uh, pretty much, actually. If I had to say, I would say yes. Be honest with you. Especially when it comes to 1-2 Charlie, yes, sir. Like, when I got there, you had some of the legends. Okay, so when I got there, 1-2 Charlie had just gotten back from Afghanistan. Okay. Alright. You had this... And for those that don't know 1-2 Charlie,
0: tell us a little bit more about that. 1st
2: Battalion, 2nd Marines, Charlie Company. Located in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, it is a infantry company. Okay. Right? Well, it, for, yeah, what well, it's infantry battalion, it's 1st 2nd Marines, but the company is Charlie Company. Okay. And they're a bunch of mo- bad mofos. Okay. They're known as Pell Horse Company.
0: Okay. Unload that. What is that? Hmm? Unload a little bit more about that. Pell Horse.
2: Pell Horse. Yeah. Uh, so, you know the, uh, the scripture in Revelations about the Pell Horse? Okay. And there stood a pale horse, and he who sat upon him's name is Death, and, and there he hell, pale horse. and hell followed with him. We were the pell horse.
0: Okay, so hell's coming
2: quickly behind these folks. Yep, yeah. that was that was the, the the whole gist of it. Yeah, pretty okay. much. So that was our call sign, Baddest of the Bad. Well, I mean, you know, everybody thinks that, I guess. So, yeah, they had just got back from Afghanistan, and they, these are some of the biggest superstar seniors out there. I mean, okay. these are these guys that are coming in today like my boots. When I, you know, became put in a leadership position when I was a senior, they, oh my God, they got it so much easier than us. So yeah. much, I mean, you know, it, it wasn't from a lack of trying. It was just the the way that the Marine Corps changed. And I'll get more into that, but things just changed uh, dramatically over time. But I can remember my first day pulling up on that bus and I see all these dudes it looked like a scene out of, like, an apocalypse movie. Okay. Just a bunch of just dudes just out on this catwalk just, rah, like, throwing crap off the balconies, and they're like, me, come here, you boot. I mean, and you're like, I don't know what's going on. does this bus go back? yeah like can I, I nah, you, know, you weren't even supposed to draw me off here matter of yeah. fact I was supposed to go down yonder yeah, yeah. like put me back I'm on, on down the road. street yeah what? <laughs> next stop. yeah I, know, I think I got I think I, <clears throat> I, think man, I got change, a call. change my mind yeah so I get up there well I met this first guy I'm not going to sit here and really name any names but he was like second deck Uh, go to the second deck lobby right now and I'm thinking First of all, I don't even know where second where is. that is, but I'm guessing since it's a deck, it's got some stairs that lead to it, so it's, cause it's the second one. So we run up there, we get in there, and they're like, Ugh! and he starts telling us all this stuff, what we do, and all this other stuff. Here's the thing. Okay. We had some pretty We had some pretty, bad, I mean, I don't mean bad in a, in a, in a negative way. I mean, we just had some pretty bad-to-the-bone seniors. I will say this. I had the I had the privilege to serve under Sergeant Gomez, who is now Staff Sergeant Gomez, Samuel Gomez. I'll shout out to him because he is he's a hell of a Marine. Still is to this day. Um, All right,
0: and just for those listening, when you say senior, not so familiar with military. What do you mean by that? These are the guys that are doing the training. These are the guys overseeing what happens. Uh, and no they
2: they're Marines just like you, and uh, or, or or they're Marines just like me. It'll be the guy he's got the same rank as me. Lance Corporal, but he's already been in the Marine Corps two, three years. Okay. I'm just starting now. Okay. Okay. So it's like freshman versus varsity. Okay. In that aspect. You know, but here's the thing. So yeah, we had some pretty, uh, I had like Robleski and freaking Raditz and Drake and Stevens and Cook and uh, Nickel. Nickel was, he was something else. Just a number of folks. Black Rabola, just a bunch of guys. Scales, which Scales ended up being my roommate, and we became friends later down the road. Ernest. And these are guys that you were entering into this. Yeah, campaign. these are all my seniors. Like these are. I mean, there's a, there's a lot more. I'm just okay. go down the list, but I'm just the real terror came from Weapons Platoon. I'm not even going to sit here. And die. these are your machine gunners. These are your assault men. These are these are these guys. Assault men are the ones that carry the rocket launchers. Alright. And and then you got your machine gunners, obviously self so mm-hmm. explanatory. And then your mortarmen. These are ugh, dude, weapons is just a different animal on its own. Yeah. Like they train their boots differently than the regular grunts. They just they just do it a lot differently. But their seniors like Kretschmer. I remember Because Kretschmer, Kretschmer, he was just one of those. And Ruggles, I mean he was he's just a big old man. He was He was scary if you didn't really know him. But, you know, it was just a different beast on its own. So after about a year and a half going through that, well, actually not even. My first, I think it was about two, three weeks while I was there, we got deployed immediately.
0: Okay, so you didn't even finish training there.
2: Well, it's not much, it's not more or less finished training. It's like you take it upon yourself to train your Marines up underneath you. Because at this point, you're just a school-trained infantryman. You know what is doctrinally taught out of a more or less a, a manual, mm-hmm. pretty much. Okay. So it's it's on you as a when you become a senior, like it's up to you to teach all the stuff that that doesn't come out of a, a book that wasn't written in the war fighting manual. You know, this is stuff that was written for conventional warfare versus like you know red versus blue. You know what I'm saying? Army on army. We all get online. And, you know. Mm-hmm. Stuff that's like written like this. I mean, they're talking about you know, trench, you know, digging trenches and stuff like that. I mean, this is stuff like that, and it's that's not the war that you have to train for today.
0: No, it's not.
2: Today is a today's war is mostly guerrilla warfare tactics. I mean, it's a shoot and run, it's IEDs, counterterrorism. I mean, that's what we're focused on now. So, it's on you as a senior to take that experience. Whether it's from schools you go to over time or your deployments, you come back and you teach those Marines up underneath you.
0: This has been years ago now. This was, um, I want to say, our second tour in Afghanistan and the Iraq after 9 11. Mm-hmm. And I, I had a, a lot of close friends that were over there. And like what you're talking about today is a typical day on the job, rolling through streets of. Ran Afghanistan and in a coffee can or maybe sit up on the side of the road amongst a whole bunch of tires mm. would we'll biggest bomb and pop right through you know military grade armory on this vehicle and just really destroy the vehicle and yeah. lives being lost inside the vehicle and then hopping out and okay who who's responsible mm-hmm. because the the guy was—he's not there, and you'll see like the kids, women, children, because they saw you know, uh, you know, the explosion went went down, and they're they're fleeing the scene, and it's like a whole bunch of, what, what do we do with this? Mm-hmm. We we just lost our medic or, or whomever, and who's responsible? And so I mean I know what you're talking about with this like guerrilla warfare. It's really dirty. It's really gritty. It's really nasty, and. I don't know the half of it. This is just hearsay. It's, it, I wasn't there. Hmm. This is just stories that's being brought back to me.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I never went to either. I was on uh, two uh, expeditionary units. I went pretty much. I went on, a float around the Mediterranean twice. Um, trained with a lot of different militaries. Got to see a lot of the dif- Got to see a lot of the world. But during that time, I spent a lot of time going to different training schools, hmm. picking up different. I guess just enhancing my career, basically doing all that, and then when it came down to it, when I was my four years were coming to a close, I was like, "I'm out, donezo. I'm gonna try life on the other side." And be honest, I, when I got out, I was lost. I didn't know what I wanted to do.
0: Yeah, I was. I was I'm glad you you followed into it like that. And that was going to be my question was that transition. Yeah. Because, and I know a few people like this. From the minute they were born, they, they were in kindergarten, first grade, mm-hmm. they could tell you exactly what they wanted to do with their lives mm-hmm. and exactly what that life was going to look like. And what's crazy is you look at their life now, they're on route or they're getting there. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. for someone like me or so many others, and so for the rest of us, it's... I don't have a clue, and that's fine if you don't have a clue. It's okay to experiment. It's okay to, to land up in these jobs that you're not unhappy with. Maybe it'll lead you to people that you can meet, and you can do some networking. Maybe it can lead you to a place to where you want to be. Just, I mean, just this is just personal experience. I mean, I've, I went to community college, got a degree, and I worked in that field for a year. And then I decided to go back to school and got a bachelor's and was beginning to work on the master's within that field. And then life kind of happened and, and now I'm back here. Yeah. And I, I'm back at the, you know, the job I got the, the first time that I, you know, when I got my associates, I'm back working at that job and now we're doing a podcast. Hmm. And, and so it's it's okay and like the, the point I want to make is life is a
2: journey just like you said that like life's a journey so I'm just going to put it in, in the best perspective that I can and that is when I got out I was lost I did not know what I wanted to do I mean I thought I had an idea like I'm going to go to college but am I really what are you going to study you know I went to Shelton State I met some Oh, come here yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> I met some I met some uh, some some good people, you know. I still talk to a couple of classmates now, but dude, being let's see, being twenty three years old as a freshman 18, in college, 18, nineteen years old, yeah, they're all like, who's up here? Yeah, who's gonna buy beer? And you're like, uh, I'm like, <laughs> you guys got that problem? Like, who is my age? Yeah. Right? You know, so I didn't really it didn't really last long. I ended up moving to Startville, going to EMCC, and I picked up a trade. You know, I did that basic manufacturing skill so I could get a job like Paco or Yokohama, somewhere like that. Because, yeah. you know, I mean, that's that's what we got going on in Columbus. But, I mean, they make great money. Yeah, um, it's not a bad job. No, and you can work your way up. Mm-hmm. But even then, I was just kind of like, is, is that really what I want to do? So, you know, what, what I'm getting at is, like, I'm still kind of lost, confused. So, at this point, you know, it's like... I thought I had it all planned out when I was a kid. I played Army. I played with airplanes. I played with guns. Like, I, you know, did all this. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm going to be some form of military when I grow up, right? And that's what everybody knew. But now I'm out. So what do I do? And I'm still confused at this point. So, like, tried a college thing. Didn't work out. Yeah. Moved on. And now I'm stuck in this regular, like, 9-to-5 job working for a company called Loxy that didn't really do too high yeah. and I'm you know doing more than more than what's required of me but I'm doing it because I mean that's my work ethic well what ended up happening is I would see police cars drive by okay and I'm just like I never wanted to be a cop I'm thinking okay I was in the infantry in the marine corps that's what's expected of me because it's like when you, if you were an electrician in the marine corps hey you know go to school pick up some more, you know, mm-hmm. some more schooling on that, some more education on that, and mm-hmm. then go be an electrician somewhere. You're taking, let's, let's go with me for example, but we'll put it in that situation. Mm-hmm. You're taking an 18 year old kid who's not going to college, who's not partying anymore. He's going and he's picking up a job. He's now having to support himself, or he or she's having to support themselves. Mm-hmm. They're building their own credit they're buying their own vehicles they're they're living their own life at 18 years old they're learning life they're picking up this job so they're learning experience they're not they're not educating but they are being educated through their experience mm-hmm. and they're going to classes and they're going to schools and they're being certified in different things and on top of that they're serving their country exactly they get out and they may continue that education but then You put candidate A versus candidate B. Well, in my opinion, candidate A was military. He did this job in the military. Mm -hmm. Plus, when he got out, he went to school for two years and picked up a trade, which is that same, you know, job field. Then Mm -hmm. you got candidate... And he did this for six years, right?
0: He's got working experience, and then he went to get,
2: you know, paper experience from college or, you know, however you want to put it. you got candidate B, who... Went to Mississippi State or Alabama and has a degree. Never held a job other than worked at the Chipotle Mm -hmm. down the street. Mm -hmm. You know, and especially in today's society, you know, you see all the commercials like, you know, hire a vet, do all this, do all that. But, brother, I'm going to be honest, it ain't that way. But, you know, just like me, I was lost. I got stuck in this dead-end job pretty much. And like I told myself, I was like, I don't want to be a cop. This was expected of me. You know. But I kept seeing the police cars drive by and I was like, mm-hmm. I think I wanna do that. I think I do. So I started looking into it, started asking questions, and before you know it, I was in the police academy. Hell number three. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No. Because yeah. I didn't just um, you know, I didn't just go to like a regular police academy, you know, I couldn't just go and like just learn how to be a you know police officer, no no no. no. They sent me to Maloba. Okay. I don't know anything about okay. Malota. Oh, right. So Meloda is the Mississippi Law Enforcement Training Academy. Okay. That is located in Pearl, Mississippi. And it and I don't know, there's probably gonna be some guys on here that are police officers in Mississippi and they may have their opinions of their academy, but it is one of the it is it is the top rated academy in Mississippi. It's also rated in the nation. That is where they train the highway patrol. Okay. They also do a lot of other different training there, but it is the premier academy. They don't mess around. I mean, it is just like the military too. I mean, just like it. You're walking in formation. You're doing all the same stuff. I mean, it's. Well, wow, I've been here before. Yeah. So, um, I went through that. I actually ended up graduating the academy as a platoon commander. I came running out of chow hall one day, and my uh, instructor stopped me, and I was like, you know, stop, locked it up. Still attention, you know. He's like, they're like, Brit. Sir, yes, sir. Didn't you serve in the military? Uh, sir, yes, sir. What branch? Marine Corps. What'd you do? Uh, I was in the infantry. What's the last thing you did in Marine Corps? Uh, I was a team leader. They were like, Team leader? Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Carry on. <laughs> there I go. Take off. What did that mean? They call a formation as soon as everybody got back from chow, and they're like, Brit. Call me up. They fired that platoon commander on the spot and put me in his position. Boom, and I kept that position. I was the the longest. I was the one that held that position the longest the whole time we were at the academy. Everybody else kept getting fired up. Right. I held my position until I graduated. Yeah. I graduated. I got a I got a little special little. Yeah, you did little, it. little piece of paper. Yeah. So. Cool. Started. And so. You get out of Medillo. Meloda, yeah. Maloga. Uh, I, I get out of there and I start working police work, and and that's when I realized some things, there's some similarities that that little piece that I was missing, that thing that I just I didn't know, that's where I picked it up at. So what you said earlier, like, you're right. Like, you may be that kid that thinks you got it all figured out, but life's going to come in hot, and it's going to hit you, and then before you know it, you're going to be stuck in a position... But that doesn't mean it's over. No, it's I mean, never over. You've right? got I oh yeah, you know, you've got seventeen, eighteen, nineteen year old kids out here right now that are just and you see them all the time. These kids, they're like seventeen years old and they're driving these big jacked up pickup trucks. Daddy's money. Yeah, and and you know, especially around here. You got this kid who's driving like a big old jacked up Z seventy one rims tires. I'm gonna work for a warehouse or when I you know graduate already got lined up. You know, like, dude. Okay, are you? Are you? Is that what you're gonna do? I mean, is it? Mm-hmm. Six years down the road, boom, he's uh Cranky something you know. else. Or yeah, a <laughs> method in, in allowance kind of case. But anyways, <laughs> but. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, life just happens. But I found my purpose. and did it. And now I'm in a specialized unit, and I love my job. I'm on two different SWAT teams, and dude, I mean, it's it's awesome. I mean, I, I found where I needed to be, and I'm comfortable in my life. So, you know, like you said, life has different paths, and I don't regret a single thing about the way that my, the way, what I went through. Whether it was that deadbeat job, whether it was those few years in college. Where I thought this is what I was going to do. And then I thought I was going to do this. This is where it led me. And I'm content.
0: Okay, this is this is going to be on the episode before this. Is I said the same exact thing that you just said. Is everything that has went down mm-hmm. in my life, previous, good, bad. What I thought irrelevant. What I thought important. I'm thankful for every bit of it. Because it all led to... Yeah, this moment and, and, and not like huh, this moment where we're at in podcasts it's just like I wake up in the morning and I do not mind driving to my job and I enjoy the 8, 10, 12 hour whatever that day looks like at work and when I get home I go home and maybe that night i got a planned podcast mm-hmm. or maybe that night I'm doing editing because if I'm not recording I'm editing mm-hmm. and life is good and I'm, I'm enjoying myself, and it's a great way for me to hang out with the people that I care about, the pe- my friends. And we're we're doing this right here, and it, it's becoming a way that we can open up and we can talk to more people. And I think that that is one of the messages that I, I would, you know, put out about porch talk is, it's okay. If your life looks like a crab storm and nothing makes sense, hey, I've been there. Yeah. and you have to Yeah, and it's okay because I'm at a place right now where life makes sense and I like where I'm at
2: and yeah. I'm having a good time I'll, I'll tell you another thing too so you may have things in your life previous to now that you regret like oh, I never did this or I never did that mm-hmm. but what you may find in the future if you just keep on keeping on you may find that you may end up doing something that isn't that what you wanted to do exactly but it gives you that same fulfillment. It gives you, so for instance, I beat myself in the head every day for not like at least attempting to be some type of special forces. Whether it would have been me try out for Sniper, whether it would have been me to go to Force Recon or Force Recon or even go to MARSOC, Marine Corps Special Operations. Mm -hmm. I could have done any of those things. I was eligible for all of them if I would have just put in my package and worked on myself and, and, and went through the training and all that beat myself in the head every day. And I know a lot of guys say that and tell themselves that. But I had an opportunity just like everybody else had an opportunity. Right. Never did. Mm-hmm. Never did it. But, look at me now. Years down the road of, of feeling that feeling that way, dude. And now you are. Now, I'm, dude, I'm in a In special, a way you probably never thought. Yeah, I'm in a specialized unit and I mean, I'm wearing pretty much the same gear I wore, if not better gear when I was... You military. know, in the military, and I'm eight, which is means I'm out there getting it. And, dude, I mean, SWAT call-outs. I mean, every big thing that happens in the city, shootings, uh, we assist U.S. Marshals, I mean, everything. Hunting fugitives, hunting bad guys, you know, kicking indoors, stuff like that. I mean, we are there. We are yeah. your premier, on-call, everything force. I mean, we are the city's Avengers, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's great
0: man and it's good to hear from you and I know I wasn't the only person sitting in this camp and that's a big part of porch talk and being able to talk about this and getting to talk to people and share the experience and the stories that people have to offer is you know when I was coming up I had a plan mm-hmm. and things didn't pan out but where I am now it's better than I could have imagined anyway. Yeah. And it worked out for the better. And so, uh, if you listen you, and, and you're just at a total loss, I've been there. Cole's been there. Other people that have been on the show has been there. Keep digging. Keep trying. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll find your niche. Just don't give up. Life is, ultimately, it's worth it. It's messy. It's crazy. It's beautiful but ultimately it's worth it, so don't give up. So, let's move on into some more of the hobby type things, man. Let's talk a little bit about video games. I know uh, we're chomping at the bits of this, so tell me a little bit about what you're looking forward to coming up here down in Pike.
2: Uh, well, I'm gonna be honest with you, I already pre-ordered Call of Duty uh, Black Ops 4. All right, I already did that. Uh, me and Blake have been tearing it up on uh, Black Ops 3, Zombies. Mm-hmm. I'm oh, a huge Zombies fan. Um, oh, dude. I'm t- like, I mean, that's, that's like the thing you do, just thing you do now. Yeah. You play Zombies. But, um, you know, especially as an adult, it, me, like, I've got, like, in the time that I'm not working, you know, little bitty things, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so yeah, dude, like, uh, I'm looking forward to that because, like I said, we we're playing the Zombies. Well, the Zombies, what they've done is they've they pretty much, like, turned it into somewhat of like a not necessarily a storyline but I mean it kind of is a storyline going along with it Mm -hmm. so like you're ready for the next expansion in the zombies trilogy or or, or saga or whatever's going to happen next Mm -hmm. so I mean there's a lot to it and um, you know the thing about zombies is it's not about killing all the zombies it's about figuring out all the little things that you gotta do to unlock the easter eggs and stuff like that like get some wonder weapon and some pack-a-punch and doing all that stuff and like Figuring out how to unlock this, unlock that. I mean, there's a lot of little tricks to it, but I'm looking forward to Black Ops 4. Not only that, unique. I just found this out because the beta came out, and because I've already pre-ordered it, I got to play the beta. You're right. Uh, they've come out with a deathmatch mode, which is what they call uh, Battle Royale. Or, or Not not Battle Royale. It's, it's something. it something. But... It's just like the two new games, Fortnite and Public Battlegrounds. That was going to be my question because,
0: let's let's be honest, since Halo 2 Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and then Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Mm -hmm. we've been doing shooters for a long time. We've been doing team deathmatches forever and we're constantly looking for ways to revamp it and to make it feel new without
2: just... Oh, it's a new map. Mm -hmm. So... What are, what are they doing that's different? So, you know, just like you said, like there's always just been same old, same old team death matches. But here recently, these two games, Public Battlegrounds and Fortnite, have like taken over. You know, I mean, they're big, mm-hmm. a lot of people are playing it. I mean, and, and you and I can play Fortnite on our phone exactly. or on our iPad versus somebody on a PS4 or an Xbox. Yeah. It's crazy where we're getting with, like, just how mobile you can be. You know?
0: Like, And you hear all the crazy stories about people getting fired and uh, relationship losses over these games. Okay. B- because it's so accessible. Yeah. I don't believe that would be the case. But that's groundbreaking. And I can tell you, like, when I was living down in Mobile, and especially when I moved back up north, was a lot of my friends down there, It's like, Al, play download and play Fortnite please play Fortnite I'd love to play Fortnite haven't downloaded it haven't mm-hmm. played it no, I'm, I looked at it uh, and, and still to this day I haven't picked up a controller and put it in my hand but it, it's not something that I won't I don't, I don't want to do that I don't want to be involved with it mm-hmm. and it's not anything against the game it's just I think i to get too carried away Yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah. especially
2: accessing a phone I don't need that yeah but so the way this this works now, it's an 88 player multiplayer map. 88. That's huge. Yes. And you drop in from an airplane, right? And you pretty much put yourself, you glide down wherever you want to be. Wherever you want to be. You parachute down, and you're down there with nothing. You start with nothing. You can either play the game solo and teams of two or teams of four you select that from the start Mm -hmm. and of course you know you'll be matched with whomever or if you got a party you can go in with them right but you start you start with nothing and you you know you can you have to run into buildings and scavenge you have to pick up armor and health packs and weapons and and all the uh, accessories that go into weapons like different types of scopes grips all those things when you play normal call of duty you know you can accessorize the weapons all and those and as you get the kills and as you get the, the mm-hmm. time in, you can upgrade and do yeah. more things. Same thing. I mean, you just got to keep looking, keep searching. And, the and the, you know, what happens is, is over time, the map closes. It gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Hold the, the Okay, so we're talking... How many... Pl- 88. 88. And now we're talking a big map, and it's just creeping, creeping, yeah. creeping. And if you fall... Creeping. Outside of that zone, you start to die. And, dude, I was already outside. I was playing... So, right play baby. Yeah. I was playing two days ago, and I fell outside the zone, and I'm doing everything I can to get out there. I was trying to look for a vehicle. Also, there's vehicles now. You can get on a four-wheeler. You can get on, like, a. I, I They said you can get on a helicopter and some other stuff, but you have access to that now, and you can do that. But, dude, I started dying, and I, I was trying to health pack it all the way, but it it kept getting, kept closing, and I could never make it to the safe zone. Mm -hmm. But, what happens is, is this map closes in to where it's just like this tight, Newtown-sized death match. That was such a fun, that was Black Ops 2, right? Mm -hmm. That was probably my favorite map on that game. Well, Newtown is in this map. Oh, they brought it back? Like I said, you're parachuting down, You can land in Newtown. In Newtown. Yeah. Okay, so the
0: as the map is shrinking, you're eventually gonna shrink into Newtown. No, 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 no. no.
2: You'll shrink somewhere, but it's just it's it's like a it's like a another version of Newtown, but it's Newtown. It's the same setup, but okay. Um, but yeah, dude, it's uh, I play, and here's what sucks. Okay, if you get shot, that's it. Game over like you, there's no revives you don't come back you get kicked out of your party and you go back to the lobby and you have gotta start all the way over
0: now come again, Now this ain't like old experiences where it's like you. this ain't hardcore mode we're talking either this is just mm-hmm. there ain't no
2: respawn there's no respawn your teammates I think they can try to revive you but dude once you're down somebody just just mow you down and you're done you it. Get K- kicked out of the game. So we're... This is risk. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, this is like... If I
0: were to step out at this point... So if... get shot, boom, you're at, back at the lobby. So you want to play mm-hmm. this as real as you can.
2: Yeah, I mean, you want to... You, you want to be strategic. You want to get down in a good place. You want to have make sure you have the right kind of gear. If I'm playing in the future... What have you found that works best? Well... Playing solo, it, unless you're just one of those guys that's just really good at these uh, first-person shooter games, and you're very familiar with the Fortnite or Public Battleground style play, um, you may be better as a single player. I mean, I've watched uh, Twitch videos and stuff like that on YouTube of like single players like just you know wrecking. you know, doing it. But in my opinion, uh, I played with a, another person the other night, and and it seemed like. Just at least having one more person to just kind of cooperate with you. Okay. So that way, like, if you run into a house and you're picking up weapons, this guy can kind of watch your back for you. Mm-hmm. And even though, like, you sure. may pick up everything in that room and your guy may only have, like, a pistol, well, now you got a rifle, you run to the next house, you cover him. He's But it, it's it's just you got somebody to cover for you. And if there is a potential way to revive, then you're going to need somebody to do that, you know? To revive you. And uh, I would say playing with a friend, whether it's team of two or teams of four. Mm-hmm. I mean, I believe if you had the right players, like, you could just mash it up with a team of four. Just like you and your boys just sitting around having have a good time. Yeah. Just, I mean, you can tear it up with a team of four. All right, let me ask you this.
0: With Battlegrounds and Fortnite and everything coming out, do you see those types of games where you can kind of build up some kind of you know, something to maybe trap somebody in or maybe you're building up some kind of a protection. Or right. and that's just Fortnite with battlegrounds is, you know, just huge maps it's kinda of all out. Do you see these types of games kinda of ruining first person shooters or are they add new elements? And do you fault Call of Duty for
2: following suit or do you feel like or do you think that call of duty is I think, following suit i think it's an enhancement they're obviously falling suit but i think it's an enhancement to the overall first person shooter team deathmatch type of play because i mean you're used to like playing on a small or a bigger map maybe 12 versus 12 and you know it's just everybody knew the map everybody mm-hmm. knows the map you know if you play it so many times you know this map mm-hmm. right and you got your and guys four. huh back and forth yeah and, and you know you're playing and everybody knows it and it gets to the point to where like it's kind of monotonous yeah, yeah I mean you know you're either really good or you're just you don't have a chance in romance you know what I'm saying like you just you just gotta give it when it's due but so but I think this adds another element because like and with this just being the beta I don't know but they may have another map that's the same way. I mean, they may have multiple maps that you can play this battle mode on, this battle realm or whatever mode on. Yeah. Um. And 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 do that. But to me, it's like a mixture. Cause like, for instance, I played Battlefield One. Now, I was I was digging Battlefield One, and Battlefield One's like a larger map and more players. Still, I I it, it's kind of that way, but it's it's a little different because like in 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 this game, it's. It's like survival mode, more or less. And you have to pretty much be self-sustained. Like, you have to go pick up these items. You have to, you, I mean, you've got to continue to move. You can't, You. I mean, you can camp, but eventually you're going to run of bullets. Right. you got to go find more bullets. And there's this concept of teamwork, right? Mm-hmm.
0: So you need to be involved in what the team's doing. If yeah. y'all are pushing, you need to be able to push. You need to be able to cover. Yeah. And if, if y'all are going in the house for supplies, you, you need to have two or three to be able to, okay, I'm going in here, and getting this, and have a guy outside or whatever. Yeah. So uh, not only are we talking about first-person shooters, we're going to move on to something closer to my heart. We're going to talk about God of War and this kind of fantasy-type games. Hmm. So hmm. I don't own a PlayStation. And by the way, God of War is, especially with this latest game that they released is... One of the best reasons for me personally that i would
2: buy a playstation it's a playstation exclusive yeah it's one of the only reasons
0: i want a playstation
2: yeah so tell me a little bit more about that so i played all the god of wars up to this point um and as you know you have your main character kratos who was uh who was a spartan general and he found out that his father was actually zeus and then I, I forget the the, the main story of it or whatever, but eventually his his main goal is to kill all the gods, like he hates the gods, he wants to kill all the gods. I mean, you know, um, you know, through this, I think he's given he's given power by God Ares, the god of war, mm-hmm. and so he ends up like becoming just this bloodthirsty warrior. He kills his wife and his only child, like through rage. And I guess that's where he takes his hate out on the gods because, you know, they did that to him. So, what's happened is, you know, the God of War 1, 2, and 3, that was his triumph of moving forward to kill all the gods. And then, of course, once you get to the third one, you've got to fight Titans, you know, all these Greek mythology stuff like that. But the coolest thing, and now in PlayStation 4 they got the new God of War that's coming out and it's uh, all in Norse mythology so Vikings and stuff like that so your gods like Loki and Odin and Thor
0: so we're really sticking out of gods that I'm familiar with because mm-hmm. I'm really into Roman and Greek mythology and you're really into Viking
2: mythology yeah which I mean me I'm 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 I'm, I'm interested in, in all types okay Uh, you know i did the Greek thing for a while. You know, I was learning a lot about those. I mean, I know a lot about it. Mm -hmm. Don't really get into Roman stuff because, I mean, it's just not my cup of tea. But I would have to say that uh, the two... To me, the two most interesting are, you know, those two, which are uh, Norse and uh, Greek. But... So what's happened is... Is this storyline and, spoiler alert, you know, (laughs) I'm I'm, going to tell because generally I really don't care, but it's so cool. So I'm thinking while I'm playing this game, like, okay, this podcast is full of spoilers. They're going to do a whole different spin on this God of War thing. They're going to turn this whole thing into, you know, same God of War, but now it's going to be Norse mythology, right? It, this is going to be a new Kratos. So he's
0: done killing Roman and Greek gods. He's moved on
2: to yes. Norse. That's what you think, right? Right. That's what you think. That's my first thought. Yeah. Well, my thought was is they've turned this all around. They started a new franchise. God of War, same God of War, but now it's like they're going to create a new storyline and it's like him versus the, the Norse gods. Mm-hmm. No, sir. It's not what's happened. What's happened is Kratos has moved away from Greece. He's met a woman and they've had a child, and his wife passes away. Oh, gosh. Uh, She was a warrior. She was a a fierce warrior. So, just like him, you know, he's a strong warrior. Mm -hmm. She passed away, and his son and him, their main goal is to take her ashes to the highest mountain and pour her ashes out. Right? So, from the get go, you're starting out, and then before you know it, boom! You're getting attacked by a god, a Norse god, a god from Asgard, uh, uh, Balder, which is the son of Odin. Okay. You know. So we we'll waste some time on this. Yeah, Balder, <laughs> his his he's a, he's immune. He's immune to everything. He's immune to physical harm. He's immune. I mean, he can't be killed. He is totally immune. So, of course, you've got to adapt and come up with a way to get around this. Mm. You, no, there's no way? No, I mean, you just, pretty much, you just kick his butt and he goes away. Okay. But you're starting to think, okay, wait a minute. Because he, like, he makes some he makes some puns. He, he says a few things that kind of makes you think, wait a minute. Okay, this is not just about this. Wait a minute. Same Kratos, same guy. Okay, different storyline here. What's going on? What's what's happening? Mm-hmm. Because he's like, I know who you are. Uh Does your son know who you are? And at this point, you're like, oh, crap. This is the same guy. This is the God of War. This is Kratos, right? This is the same dude. He's moved away from Greece. He's now in wherever this is supposed to be. That's Ares or whoever. Right? Yeah. That we're talking about, the God of War? Yeah. You know, he killed the God of War. Mm -hmm. and He became the God of War. You move on through the game, and, you know, you encounter different gods you kill uh, two of the demigods, which are two sons of Thor. Yeah, two sons of Thor. You end up like having to you end up having to kill them. Freya, she was a wife of Odin at one time, but she's been exiled because um, just for. Reasons, family disputes, or whatever. What happens is, is she, uh, she ends up aiding you for a while. But it turns out, like halfway through the thing, you find out that Balder is her son, and she tries to defend Balder. Before you know, you get to the end of the game, right? Mm-hmm. You're trying to get to Jotunheim. It's one of the nine realms. Yeah. You right, uh, know. Okay, so we kind of expand on that Norse mythology with the fact mm-hmm. that there's nine realms. It seems to be a kind of common play here. Yeah. So you've got Asgard, which is the you know like uh like mount olympus okay okay so it's like the home of the gods mm-hmm. asgard and then you've got like helheim which is going to be an easy one it's hell but their version of hell is the complete opposite of, of any other version of hell okay all right so like that. so like our version of hell, like christian version of hell and then like say a greek version of hell mm-hmm. greek has hades we have satan Mm-hmm. But it's still fire and death Brandstorm. and all this other stuff. It's weeping, gnashing yeah, of teeth, stuff like that. This is weeping, gnashing teeth, death, torture. But it's freezing, freaking cold. But okay, it's it's, to it's deathly cold. I'm talking about it's it's uh, it's the coldest. I mean, okay, which well, to three. me, to me is kind of no. I mean that's kind of a, a worse hell. You know, I think in a way. I mean, just think about being so cold to the point to where you think you're going to freeze, but you're forced to stay alive. Yeah, that would suck. You just keep on freezing. There's nothing you can do, you know? Mm-hmm. As to where, you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure it pretty should sure be the same with burning, but uh, to me, it just freezes and to death sounds pretty bad, too. Back to the gig. You know, like I said, so there's nine realms, one of them being Helheim, one of them being Asgard. You have another one which is Jotunheim, which is the one you're trying to get to because it's actually the highest peak in all the nine realms. So that's where they're trying to get to, so they can spread her ashes. Mm-hmm. Um, you got Mus- Muskelheim, which is uh, like the land, the realm of fire. That's where fire was created. That's where the god Surtur lives. Okay, and if you remember in Thor Ragnarok. Surtur brings forth Ragnarok. Same storyline. I mean, it's the same thing. Surtur will bring forth Ragnarok. Oh, from the very get-go of the game, you meet the World Serpent. The World Serpent is another part of Ragnarok. That's what sets off Ragnarok. Their beliefs is that when Ragnarok comes, which is like our apocalypse, what their version is, is more or less the World Serpent. Thor will come... And battle the wor- world serpent, which is where it starts—the beginning of Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he Thor kills the world serpent. And
0: did, did we see that in the films?
2: No, yeah. no, 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 no. You don't see that. You don't okay. see. That, that's Nichole. just how. That's that's like prelude to it. That's something off camera. I mean, it's this like, is something that you've got to more or less like look into when you're when you're thinking mythology. You've got to look into that because mm-hmm. I mean that's another part of it. I, I like it because. Uh, you know, I was watching the Vikings TV show on the History Channel and stuff like that, and, you know, they reference a lot of their gods and stuff like that. So, let's see, another realm. You've got Niflheim. Uh, I know I'm missing, like, there's Sof- Sovereignheim. I mean, there's, there's a, you know, there's not, I can't remember everything. So it's every a game. game. There's a lot of different places to go. But up. there's three realms you don't have access to in the game. So that's where you're thinking part two's coming in, right? Not just yet. Plot twist: you get to Jotunheim, mm-hmm. the realm of the giants. You're thinking this whole time when you hear the storyline: this is where the giants went. There's no giants left in any of the nine realms, but they're here, right? This mm-hmm. is their realm. You're thinking you're going to find giants. There's no giants, right? Mm-hmm. And then at this point, the boy has found out that his dad's a god, which he's now part god. He knows that he's part of God. That's why he's through the game. That's why he's been able to develop powers. Like, he's, he's you know, he's, he's picking that up now. He's like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. You know, because I'm part of God. Mm-hmm. So you get to and you go to spread the ashes. But before you do that, you see like, all this writing on the walls. And it's the story of the game that you just played, it's already written out. The mother was a giant, she's part of the Mephilim. No, no, no. she's part of Jotunheim. that's but she was In a place. she's a she's half giant. So that was Kratos' wife. Mm-hmm. and then they gave birth to uh, that son, which is the son that you played the game with. And his name is I'm drawing a blank of his name right now. but he's got like a different name throughout the entire game. It's like a more or less like a Greek name, mm-hmm. right? And then what ends up happening, is he's the boy can read all the runes. The boy can read that language and he can read the language of the gods and he can read all that stuff. What ends up happening is the boy's name is actually Loki. Boom. That's where you're like, holy crap. That's where you're like, Mom because then you're like, hold on, wait a minute. So I know just from like Marvel alone that Loki is the brother of Thor trickster. Yeah, which is the son of Odin. But then you're like, wait a minute, hold on. Technically Odin more or less adopted Loki because Loki was part Frost Giant. Mm-hmm. Alright? Bring this into perspective. So we're going to another round here. You bring this into perspective. On the first Thor, what does Loki do? He tries to destroy Jotunheim. Right? With the with the Bifrost. Okay? Now let's go back to this game. And you're thinking part two's coming now because yeah. I thought this... Kratos' son... Right? I thought that was his son. But wait a minute. His name is Loki. So... That means... In my mind... Mama did something. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mama done did something somewhere. Because mm-hmm. this boy' name is Loki. But then again, you know... Maybe that could be that route. But actually not. Because she's part giant. So then, boom... He's part God, the boy. Mm-hmm. Atreus is his name. It just came back to me. Atreus is his name. So he's part God. His mom's part Frost Giant. So then, let's get back to Thor, uh, the Marvel comic or you know character. Same thing with Loki there. He's part God, but he's also part Frost Giant. Mm-hmm. He's the son of Odin. But in the first movie, he's all like, "I'm, you know, I'm a frost giant. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to let the frost giants in Asgard or shore Asgard." Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, eventually he just lets that go, and then he picks it back up. And Ragnarok, he goes, "You know, I'm a frost giant." Right? Yeah. So it's pretty interesting stuff, like mythology. I mean, it's just it's very interesting. But this game is so. Uh, I like how it just got so into that. Like, you know, a lot of people are like, well, these kids these days, they're not getting any education through these <laughs> video games. Dude. Maybe so. I, I, that was educating on itself. I mean, you know. Which is not nothing that's really going to help you down the road. Like, you're not going to be able to build a house because you know who the, all the gods of Asgard are. No, yeah. you're not. But at the same time, it's interesting facts. I mean, this is history. Yeah.
0: All right, since we're already here and Marvel and comics has been a common thing throughout the show. Something dropped today. Yeah, it sure did. Yeah. It's coming. <laughs> so the tell us a little bit you. more about this Captain
2: Marvel. Yeah, so you saw it, I saw it today uh, the Captain Marvel uh, I don't know is this the first trailer? I want to say that it is. <laughs>
0: it's the first one I
2: saw. Yeah, it's the first I, I want to say that it is the first trailer but I mentioned before, in one of the and li- you know the last episode that uh, they're going with like a different, different storyline. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, because I told you that Adam Warlock, in my opinion, was supposed to be the the one, the one, the guy that you know does all this, right? Um, but you know, if you go back to Infinity War and you see, okay, so everybody. Snap, everybody's starting to disappear. All right, then we go to the the end credits scene, Mm -hmm. right, where you have Samuel L. Jackson. Right. And this is the significance of that, okay? So this is happening. He's dying. And the last thing he does is he's calling Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. And all you see on the phone is Captain
0: Marvel's symbol. Yeah. And me being a non comic book guy immediately turned over to Blake. I Remember I told you I was watching Blake and I was like,
2: What's that symbol? Yeah. Who's that? So, you have to ask yourself, okay, this is Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. If you've watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., if you've watched all the Marvel movies, Nick Fury's a hard guy to kill. I mean, he is. I mean, he's the super spy. I mean, he's he's hard to catch. He's hard to kill. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this is a man with resources. This is a man who basically created the Avengers Initiative, which is what led to the Avengers and all this. The, the the one thing that he does before he dies is he calls on this one person. So, obviously, there is something really important with her. So, of course, when that happened, I start doing my research, and I'm looking into it and everything, and like I said, they're going with a different storyline here. Right. So, apparently... Uh, Captain Marvel is going to be, a.k.a. Carol Danvers, is going to be a huge, significant player in the outcome of the next Avengers.
0: And so last time we spoke, you made mention of when you have a shield, in the other hand you'll have a sword. Is this something that's going to be introduced?
2: I want to say that it is. I I, I feel like it should be. If it, if it's not, then... you got to look at it like this. So, let's look at, like, just comic heroes, just all that, just in general. So, how many times has Superman died? A bunch of times. Right. Batman, Spider-Man, Captain America. There's so many different versions of a character storyline where they've ended up dying. Like, if you really, like, look at, like the Marvel comics like there's like a zombie Marvel comics like all your favorite heroes are now zombies you know like there's the you know this this, there's all kinds of different like the old Avengers all die like there's Thor old Thor old man Captain America old man Hulk like you've got like all these different so there's different ways there's different versions and all this stuff right obviously we're going with a different approach here is it potential that they could bring up S.W.O.R.D. in all this? Or are we going with a different... I mean, yeah, the potential is there. Yeah. Carol Danvers has a lot to do with S.W.O.R.D. What S.W.O.R.D. is is another another agency, kind of like S.H.I.E.L.D., but it's like interstellar defense, more or less. You know, it's okay. not far away from our atmosphere, and it's it's there.
0: When, let's just say, Apocalypse... And once again, ignorant, complete to comics and all this. And that when a bad guy shows up in the DC round, it is completely new. It's not something that was foreseen. Mm-hmm. But there was foreshadowing
2: Yeah, for Marvel. Well, there was, but at the same time, did we know that? I mean, you as the audience... No. Yeah, you did. I mean, you gotta really pay attention, but at the same time... If you're if you didn't didn't really pay attention or, or maybe you're not you know maybe you're not very privy to a lot of the Marvel mythology uh, or whatever mm-hmm. um, you may not know but yeah there was a lot of foreshadowing like how did Loki get the jatari to attack and why were the you know the the Avengers when that when they first their first main battle in New York City when they the Jatari attack I mean that army, is Thanos' army. I mean, that is Mm -hmm. Thanos all day long. And if you go back to Infinity War, you know, you see where Loki and Thanos are talking and Thanos is like, no resurrections this time. After he, you know, kills him, he's like, no... So you know that they've been in cahoots. Yeah, and you, you have to ask yourself, well, why are they not trying to figure out where all this is coming from? Well, if you think about it, let's go back after the first Avengers, okay? Well, for instance, we're, I'm gonna I'm gonna relate all this to Tony Stark's PTSD. Okay. All right. Now let's take somebody like Steve Rogers. Okay. Captain, Captain America. America. So Captain America, he fought in you know, well in the war. I mean, he's he's a soldier on his own. His mindset is. I've already been through this. I've got to keep trucking on. The past is the past. You know, that's that's my thing. Mm-hmm. He has a soldier mentality. So if you go to the end of Civil War, when they all split up, you know, like he's like, this is home for me. You know, I'm not going anywhere. Or maybe that wasn't the end of Civil War. Maybe it was the end of Age of Voltron. You know, when they all split up, Thor goes back to, you know, wherever he goes and then oh, yeah, Tony totally leaves. That, that was in the Civil War. So, um, that's, you know... That's his soldier mentality. The Hulk. Bruce Banner and the Hulk, they're a battle within themselves. They're not really pretty much worried with... Now, Bruce Banner may... He may be kind of thinking, but Bruce is already having such a difficult time, and we see with, that in with, Ragnarok. Within himself. Yeah, we see that in Ragnarok. He was Hulk for a whole year. a longer. Yeah, he was, Or longer. Yeah, it it was, Had no idea. Yeah. They had not been that long. No idea. So, you know, we have no idea. All right, then you have Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow. Once again, another not necessarily soldier mentality, but um, just very hyper focused. And she's she's obviously she's staying busy in between the movies, you know, mm-hmm. in between what we what we do see. So it's not like she's making it a point to try to go out and figure this out either you know so the whole point that you're making is
0: they're so involved with what they have going on in their own lives and these own alliances and friendships there's enough going on in Earth they don't have the time or the focus to be putting
2: where did this original evil come from yeah I mean they're thinking you know yeah cause alright Age of Ultron that's the whole reason why Tony created Ultron Because he kept seeing visions of that happening again. And, like, he knows it's coming. He knows this is not the end. Tony knows that. He's being haunted by those images that he saw in the first Avengers. Uh And so he creates Ultron. And then you, I mean, and and you hear when he brings it up, he goes, oh, okay. You guys not remember a couple years ago, New York, I flew through a, you know, took a nuke through a big hole in the sky. You don't remember that? Yeah. You guys were all on the ground. That happened. Yeah, but all of them, you know, yeah, they were listening. But it's like, to me, they were more or less like, okay, Tony, we know. And then you got like Thor, for example. I mean, Thor, he's already dealing with cosmic entities. And and Tony is the one that's hyper-focused on this situation. And it
0: it was to the point that this hyper-focus, I would say, is what really divided him and Steve.
2: Absolutely. I mean...
0: And that was the whole point of Civil War was Tony was so gung-ho, there's something else out there and we've got to be ready. Yeah. And Steve is like, leave it alone, okay? Yeah. I mean, the 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 Earth is. We need to take care of this. There's so many people that have animosity towards us. We need the ice to
2: ice this thing over. So once again, everybody's worried about self at this point. Tony is doing everything he can to keep the Avengers together, even if they have to sign the the Sokovia Accords. And if they have to be governed, doesn't it matter. He is trying to keep them together because he knows that something's about something's to happen. Something's about down. to happen. Steve, on the other hand, is worried about Bucky. That's his boy. He's he's wanting to go, and 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 Tony's like, well, they were brothers in battle. Yeah, I mean that's a bond that you know people say that you know blood is thicker than water. These guys shed blood together. They have their tight bond, but they were also friends before the army. Right. If you go, if you continue to go forward. You know, of course, Civil War, what really pushed Tony over the line was finding out that Bucky was the one that killed his parents. That, that may have taken his focus off for a moment, but he was right back at it. Tony's the one that's been trying to prepare for this this whole time. I mean, he's known. I mean, who else has gone out and recruited anyone? Went out and found Peter Parker on his own. Mm-hmm. You know, he went out and found Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody else, more or less, vision was created. Thor came to the Avengers because he was trying to get Loki back. Banner, Romanoff, Hawkeye, Captain America, they were all pretty much there already. Right. Uh, Black Panther, I mean, he's not an Avenger, but at the same time, he's brought into the play, not because he was brought into the Avengers, but he made his own way in there. Mm -hmm. They met him through... Bucky, his, yeah, once again, you know, Bucky killed his dad. Well, well, Bucky, you, you remember Bucky wasn't the one that actually killed him. It, it was actually, frame. Uh, it was actually Zemo that yeah, killed him. You're right. So Bucky got framed. For yeah, him. Bucky got framed. That is why you see that the Black Panther uh, he takes Bucky under his pretty much his protection. Which was wild to see that. Yeah, and they rehabilitate. That's good character progression. Yeah. Meanwhile, going back to Tony, he's the one that knows. Yeah, there was a lot of foreshadowing, but it seemed like the only one that picked up on it was one character. And then let's go back to something we mentioned the other day. Tony Stark doesn't have the ability to pick up a house. Tony Stark is just a man with a brain and a metal suit. Yeah. But like I said... It depends on what you consider a superpower. Tony's enhanced ability is his intelligence. He's the only one that's preparing for this. Another thing, I mean, think about this too. Think about Tony's newest suit, right? Oh, this that is, was so wild. Man. This is somebody that's preparing for this. One, this suit can withstand space, right? Think about that. Spider Man's can too. Yeah. Okay, yeah, during testing with a couple of, like, the Mark One or whatever, when he was flying up and it went and it stalled out in the space once it crossed the atmosphere. Okay, but I don't think any other suit could have actually made space travel. This suit can. So, you you know he's been preparing. Mm-hmm. You know that, you know, he continues over time to upgrade his suit, upgrade, 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 upgrade. He's finding more people like Spider-Man. You know, he's, he's trying... He's preparing. You know, it happens. And then, you know, Thanos comes down. So yeah, there was a lot of foreshadowing, but the only one that picked up on it was Tony Stark. Thing is, is like I said before, they're going with a different storyline here. They're going in a different direction. So obviously, this Captain Marvel, she has a big role to play. The movie, to my knowledge, is actually set back in the Early 80s or 90s or something. Okay. Yeah. So. so we're not so focused on what's going on in the now. We're going to introduce yeah. her? Yeah, we're going to introduce her, but we're going to go back. Okay. I mean, we're talking about young Nick Fury. This is oh. what this... Uh, a lot of... Uh, Phil Coulson, a lot younger. Agent Coulson, a lot younger. Stuff like that. Okay. They're going to go back, and they're going to bring her up. The Cree Empire. You're familiar with the Kree, Okay. If you go to Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, you had Xandar. You had the Cree, Right. The Cree, Ronan the Accuser, he was a Cree. Now ringing bells. Okay. All right. So the Cree are this, you know, they're a galactic empire. All right. Mm-hmm. The Cree Empire. Mar-Vale was the original Captain Marvel. Mar-Vale. He was a Cree soldier. I don't really know the story of Captain Marvel, but if I was to piece things together, I would say that this Cree soldier, Mar-Vale, somehow, some way, whatever circumstances brought them together, took her under his wing. This is an this is an alien race. This is a, a galactic empire. That's an alien race. Right. She is human, mm-hmm. to our knowledge. Let's talk about just general knowledge, you know, aliens testing on humans. There's potential that they may have had some type of process that she went through that altered her physics or maybe just like heroes, there's already a genetic. There's all like, deep in the genetics, there's already, a chemical already imbalance. Something, s- something you know, and and it's just like go back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in Tahiti. Everybody had a little Cree, the people already had a little something, something in them, and this one thing activated it. And when it activated, that's when they released their powers, right? Okay, so who's to say she's not one of those people that already has
0: this potential
2: that's this this DNA in her body and the when when Marvel finds her whatever circumstances they come to mm-hmm. um, I know I've seen previews in the movie she's like a fire pilot in the Air Force I'm guessing I'm assuming yeah so now she makes guess. her way into space yeah and so I'm pretty sure that's where their encounter takes place somehow maybe she gets caught up in the middle of like a Kree sc- scroll space battle or something oh this sounds amazing Lot of fun.
0: I wonder if they're gonna tie tie in Star Lord. I wonder if his timeline kind of well involve
2: at this, this at this point in time. I mean, well, I know we're back in the eighties. He would be a child. He's gonna be a kid. He's gonna be so he would be at the point of his abduction. Yeah, I mean, and you, you know, if, if you go back and you, you really, think maybe they would pick up like maybe she was gonna chase that that vessel out. Maybe maybe that was part of her role. Could be going back to what I said. They all had this little bit of uh, you know this little bit of DNA already in them Mm -hmm. right so who's to say like when she's taken but whatever circumstances brought them together that they don't like do some type of testing or put her under some type i mean they they kind of stress they kind of show that in the uh in the preview there for in the trailer a little bit they kind of show something that kind of makes you think that but i'm just kind of piecing all my knowledge together because there's also the inhumans so you've got black bolt who's the king of the inhumans and you think about it. Now, when and, you say
0: inhuman, what is that? What, what uh, about It's here?
2: just like another. It's another group. The Inhumans are like a. They're they're mutants. They're you know they're. We talking X Men? No 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 no. They're people with superpowers. Okay. They're everyday people that acquire some form of power. They are royalty. Not Earth royalty, but in their own. Like, that's why I said Black Bolt is the king of the Inhumans. I'm okay. am uh, And by the way, that is Megan. That is phoned in here on the podcast. Good to hear from you, Megan. So, they have a thing too. And I don't know if it's the same thing as like Project Tahiti was with Colson. I want to say it's like Genesis or something. There's some type of... I read a comic and this had something to do with it. But they released this bomb and basically what that does... Is it explodes like all over like New York City, and everybody that's got that like that genome or that DNA deep down inside them, they mutate. They start. They, they, they have their powers, right? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that so that's what happened in the in the process of that in the comic I read. This is Thanos coming down to Earth and trying to kill black bolt they did that as like a safeguard i'm just kind of going off of like the things that i know that makes sense to me in this process i'm thinking that we create another super powerful hero like the phoenix if you go back to the x-men the phoenix she's powerful Oh yeah. She has this yes. I mean she is she is untamed power, just raw power. I mean right. she is very she's a very formidable ally or villain, whichever. I mean, but she's very unstable. You want her on her side. <laughs> yeah. 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 So who's to say that, okay, this character, Miss Marvel, she doesn't already possess some type of genome or something like that. And then, boom, once it's enhanced by the Kree and they do some type of testing or whatever, she's stronger than Marvel. She's stronger than these Kree people. They use her, right? Mm-hmm. They use her, and then she, you know, develops these powers, and she's learning about her powers, and then something happens. I'm going to pause for a minute because I'm thinking now, okay, well, how does she get to Earth? Okay, well... You have the secret wars that took place. Okay. The secret wars are between the Kree and the Skrull Empire. The Skrulls have the ability to transform, more or less, to like a human form or something. They disguise their bodies. They can they can transform into you or I. They okay. have They have that ability, kind of like Mystique in a way. Okay, okay. Um... But the Kree and the Skrull are like two warring factions. So, with that being said, with Miss Marvel being technically Kree at this point during the Secret Wars, who's to say that she wasn't? Because she is human. Who's to say that the Kree did not send her as an agent? You know, to discover Skrull in, on Earth at this point. Okay. during this while the secret wars were taking place okay so who's to say that, that that's not why she's down there and during that time maybe she finds out more about her because when this when this transformation takes place maybe she wipes her memory or something right right and now that she comes back to earth either A she realizes like holy crap I'm back on earth like da 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 da, da. and then she meets people like Nick Fury and stuff like that who may play a part on like siding with her and like asking for her help and da 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 da. Or maybe her is wiped and she comes to Earth learning about herself. Yeah, you're you're Carol Danvers. Mm-hmm. You know, you were uh a, a, you were a captain in the United States Air Force. You fought, you you know, you flew fighter jets, like, you know, you were part of that tragic accident where you were sent into space, your aircraft lost control and it you know, went out of the atmosphere and you're you dead. Yeah, we right? thought you were dead, right? And she's finding all this stuff, and like maybe she was lied to by the Cree, right? Yeah. And so, here she is. i am be honest with you. I don't know if this is what it is. This is just what makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it sounds good, right?
0: It sounds really <clears throat> good, and this is a movie
2: worth watching. Yeah. Right and, now, in my mind, I don't even know how this going to go. So, here's the thing, though. All right, so we got Miss Marvel. We got her here, right? Let's drop her back for a minute. Okay? Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what's going on. Everybody's still trapped in the soul stone. So how is Miss Marvel, regardless of how powerful she is, okay, she can blast a hole in the atmosphere. Don't care. How are you going to get into an infinity stone? How are you going to get into the soul realm? There's only one way you're going to get in the soul realm. Is to go in. A soul for a soul. Yeah, you're going to have to trade yourself. Or well, You can trade something. Or... In this case, Adam Warlock, whom, you know, we would rather we have. We know nothing about Yes, you know, we would rather have. Him. He has the ability to go into the Soul Stone on his own. He is one with the Soul Stone. He is he is a part of it. What what makes Captain Marvel super? What is her powers? i am be honest with you. I don't really know all of her powers. I do know that, she, obviously, she has the ability of flight. Yeah, I'm gonna say a lot of her power is influenced by the Kree. So let's let's take a look at that right there. She's already an enhanced being at this point. Right. So we're gonna go ahead and give her super strength. we well, you know, more than what a normal average human. Is. Maybe not Hulk strength. I wouldn't give her Hulk strength. But could she pick the hammer up? I don't. Maybe I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't. I, I don't think it's that. But at the same time, if that's the case, it kind of makes you think. Why isn't Thor the one that's figuring this out? Because at this point, if you look in uh, Infinity War, dude, when Thor came crashing down to the Earth with him and and Rocket, and Groot came down, when he had Stormbreaker, you know everybody was like, yeah, that was his moment. Dude, he started kicking butt. And you already know from Ragnarok, he's already discovered his power. And not so, to he spent over three
0: quarters of the movie to get this weapon. Yeah. And now he has it, and it's not
2: even the fact that he needed the weapon. The, he is the weapon. Yeah. And on top of that, think about all the people who attempted to prick Thanos. Thor Dang near chopped his head off. Yeah. No problem. You know? So... My question is, Thor's a god. He has knowledge beyond anyone else because he is an more or less an interstellar being himself. He is part of the expansive galaxies. You know the different realms of Asgard, Uh, Midgard being Earth. That that galaxy, our galaxies, and stuff like that.
0: Why were we not so concerned with this? How do you not know his name?
2: Well, you got to think about being who you are, a god you got to think about it like this. Okay, let's go back to, let's see, Avengers Age of Ultron. This is the last time we see Thor until Infinity War. Or, or until Ragnarok. Part of his own movie. Yeah. Um, so, he takes off because he's in search of answers. Because when Scarlet Witch did a little tricks on his brain, right? Yeah. That is what he saw. He he, he saw Heimdall... And he had this vision, so he goes into this this pool, right? Uh And in that pool, he sees the Infinity Stones, okay? That is when he comes down, powers of vision, all that happens, right? And then forward, you know, you know that now he has knowledge of the Infinity Stones, he's got some stuff he's got to figure out. It's not like he can take anybody else with him. They can't travel like he can, you know? He goes off. And at this point in time, you know, his duty, he's the protector of the Nine Realms. Yeah, it's a big responsibility. It is. It's a, it's a huge responsibility. But that is Odin's responsibility. So at this point in time, the last thing he knew is Odin was good to go. You know, Odin was doing his thing, being, you know, doing King of Asgard. And he gets there and he finds out that Odin is Poor health. gone, about to die, and Loki has just been being a douche this whole time, yeah. right? He thought he had an easy day. He finds out that now his hands are completely full. Yeah. Right? Hela comes to town, starts taking over Asgard. He finds out he has a sister. Ragnarok happens, you know, the doom of Asgard. But during this time, you know, okay, we start seeing Thor develop his power, tries to save as many Asgardians as he can, leave Asgard, and then, boom, here we go. Slap. We run into Thanos. Right. Right? And Thanos you know, he wipes them out, and then as soon as Thor is lucid and wakes back up after he meets with the Guardians of the Galaxy, he's like, I've got to have a weapon. I've got to kill Thanos. So, yeah. You know? Raccoon didn't come with me. So, if you go back, I mean, he was figuring it out. In reality, you had Tony Stark, who's figuring it out from the first Avengers to where it took Age of Ultron for Thor to start going on his way to try to figure it out. Okay. Everybody else is just kind of stuck in the middle, like dealing with civil war. Their own and, problems, you know, and, I mean, Wakanda and all this other. You know, it's it's just a big question to me of why isn't Thor a bigger role in this? Because, think of most all, is Thor is a god. Yeah, he's a god. He is. And go back to Miss Marvel. Does she possess godlike powers? Is that what happens? I don't. I, I have no idea. I would have to look more into that and see what her powers are. But she obviously outgrows her captors. I guess you want to call her, or out. Or she, you know, she becomes stronger than the Kree, Apparently, because I, I think that's what happened. I think they, you know, abduct her somehow. They do some type of testing or whatever on her, and she possibly has that DNA in her body, which she's. You know, they enhance her, da-da-da-da-da. She comes back to Earth, and, you know, that's when she basically becomes Captain Marvel. And, you know, she's like a cosmic defender, Mm -hmm. blah-blah-blah-blah, okay? She now takes up the role of protecting the Earth against cosmic threats. Which, in another way, in another reality of Marvel Universe... She has a big part to play with the creation of sword at that point. Right. That's when sword is created. Then we go into this theory that you and I talked about earlier, and it was about Ant Man. If you go to the first Ant-Man, he was warned about this subatomic realm, subatomic right. universe. Mm-hmm. Be careful using this suit because it can take you to this place and you'll be stuck there forever or something like that, right? Right. Apparently that's the answer. That's the key to getting in wherever they got to go and from some research that i've been digging in apparently it takes them to the past so it's not so much about going into a different realm it's more or less going back in time go back they go back in time wow maybe that is why we find miss marvel because if you think about it okay I don't know how old she's supposed to be, but this is supposed to be, like, back in the 90s, and she looks like she's at least in her, late middle mid-20s, right? Right. So let's skip back to now, and he's pressing that button. She's got to be in her 40s or more, okay? If she ages, I don't know. Maybe she doesn't age. Yeah. Doesn't know. I mean, okay. Yeah. But if they go back in time. A lot to think about. Yeah. A lot coming... Down the pipeline for us, Marvel-wise. And speaking of coming down
0: the pipe, we're going to go ahead and close it out this evening. Cole, thank you for being on with me again. And just to let you know, if you haven't been listening to past episodes or maybe you're new to this whole poor salt thing and maybe you haven't found us on social media, however you found us, we've got a lot of things that we're excited about. We have musical artists. I've done a lot of different projects with them. They're going to come on. I know I hope to have Levi on. And also, I hope to have some of the guys from Black Mouth Kerr. And I'm going to turn it over to Cole to talk about some
2: of the people that he has really reached out to. Yeah, so, you know, as uh, trying to branch out and, you know, trying to bring as much entertainment to the table as we can, we don't want to just sit here every night and just talk about you know the same old stuff like that's part of this podcast we want to get out there we want to talk to folks so I mean the way we're looking at it you know we got these artists I've got some local artists as well we've got a rapper out of Nashville Right. Uh, we've actually have a CD of his music um, we're gonna we're gonna talk to him we're gonna you know, check out his music absolutely um Same time we got a local ghost hunter and we're uh, actually potentially gonna (laughs) go out on a ghost go 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 on a ghost hunt with him and we're gonna try to do something live or streaming or possibly just a video that we're gonna we're just gonna take some you know some some footage of that and we're gonna bring it to you. If it ain't nothing more than pictures, we're going to have something for you to see on this ghost
0: hunt that we're planning to go on. Yeah,
2: (laughs) that's just, that's some of the things. And then, of course, there's a couple other folks. You know, we have like a local legend around here, a guy whose fame is known throughout the county, really well known throughout the state of Mississippi uh, in law enforcement, but but, uh, just a great guy, good to have on, good to talk to, good conversation. But as far as that goes, social media-wise, folks, check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Instagram. Like, share, comment, rate us, please. Just yeah. get on there. If, if it's one star, we don't care. Just yeah. give us something. Show us you're there. Yeah. Show
0: us you're listening. We want to know that you're listening and that you're engaging. it. Some of the questions that we're putting out on social media is, what was your favorite episode? And what were some of the things that you enjoyed most? Was it the music was it these code opens, whether it was just something like that just really made you think, what am I listening to? Or was it these stories that we introduce and then we kind of introduce the show? Or it was just the content in general? We want to hear from you and we want to bring you more of, of that. And so this is
2: an opportunity for us here at the end of the show to kind of reach out to you to hear from you. Once again, we extend the... Uh, opportunity you can email us at porchtalk115@gmail.com. one one five at gmail.com that's the best way to contact us once you contact us that way we'll get your name and your phone number and we'll you know talk to you that way we would love to have more guests i just ask that you email us give us your contact information we'll contact you find out a little bit about you get your story and figure out how we're going to fit you into the show at some point facebook Instagram we're working on a website we're gonna get that for you guys it's gonna be able to you're gonna be hopefully you'll be able to stream our content right off the website some more things coming down the pipeline potentially thinking about doing some things live probably streaming and we're also gonna be posting uh, some videos and doing some some video streams as well um, so look forward to that coming down the pipeline uh, just like Al said let us know what you think leave it in the comments And also, like I said, ask questions and just give us a shout.
0: Tell everybody.
1: I should have seen it glow, but everybody knows that a broken heart is blind. That a broken heart is blind. Pick you up and let you. So cute.